FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again by the wonderful... And always lovely, me. Who are you? <laughs> Denise. Denise Seibert. And this is uh, Digital Wolverine Part 7. We're going to cover Chapter 7 of the Marvel Infinite Digicom. <laughs> Wolverine, Japan's Most Wanted. Snack it. Snack it good. Chapter, <laughs> chapter 7 is The Burning Truth. You want to give us our credits, Denise? Sure. Story is by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Script is by Jason Latour. Storyboards by Yves Bigarel. Yves Bigarel. Pencils by Paco Diaz. Inks by Scott Hanna. Colors by Israel Silva. Letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Very good. So, All right. So previously on Wolverine. Colon. Japan's Most Wanted. You want to do this or you want me to? So previously, tricked by his lifelong nemesis Sabretooth and assassinating a corrupt Japanese government official who was secretly a member of the Han Ninja Clan, dun, dun, dun. Wolverine has become public enemy number one. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Digitally recording the killing and broadcasting it out, Sabretooth has been able to manipulate the government into... Him tracking Wolverine Maybe down. There should be a higher word in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As manipulate the government into him. <laughs> that sounds like date rape. <laughs> After slowing down the Silver Samurai by destroying his advanced techie ninjas, Wolverine's path soon intersects with Sabretooth's next target, Osin Ono the Han, a living book with really only a chapter written on her. <laughs> no, with the entire history of the hand tattooed on her skin. Sabretooth wants her dead in order to wipe out the old hand out of existence. Ding, ding, ding. We were right. Yep. Paving the way Not for his own modernized faction of the hand to take over. Knowing that the Silver Samurai will be hot on his heels, Wolverine hatches a plan to get Osin to safety and to beat the Silver Samurai once and for all. Unfortunately, things don't go as planned. They never do. And now Osin is trapped on a speeding bullet train with her hunter, and Wolverine has literally been left in the dust. Oh, literally. Literally. Okay, so you had talked about you were okay with um, them glossing over a certain part of the story when Wolverine went from the mini mall to the uh, Temple of the Hand. Yep. And if they would have just given us a little sentence in this introduction, I'd probably be okay with it too. I said I would have liked to have seen it. But at the very least, if they even call attention to it, it still don't explain it. True. They're like, oh, well... He finds his Sabretooth's next target, Wolverine's path, intersected. Right? That makes it sound like Wolverine was out walking around, and he stumbled, oh, wait, what's this I hear in the background of my heightened senses? <laughs> I hear someone getting slaughtered in a temple. I better go help. I don't know. Give me a sentence. Something. Come on. I, I think it was his Wolverine senses. Yes. I think uh, his, his Wolverine sense went off. Maybe so. 
Alright, well, so we start off. The train has left the station. Burp, burp. And Wolverine is by himself. Oh, poor Wolfie. He looks very sad in this panel. He does. He's opening his screen. That's what you didn't notice. Nothing really around Wolverine but dirt. Well, that's not true. He's got this little glowy thing happening. Huh? From the perspective that this is drawn, this uh, well, is all that's dark. Not, that's not really what I'm talking about. Oh, well, that's one thing that I noticed when I started. But immediately we go to the next page, and sitting right behind him is his cow. It just fell out of his pocket in his tight-ass jeans. <laughs> I mean, a detail, but just give me a little blur of something sitting behind him. Instead of a giant panel of all this open space with obviously nothing. But it's sitting kind of maybe from the angle. Detailed. And there's obviously nothing next to him on the ground. And there is. And we see Wolverine. I still like this, how his shirt's kind of ripped up and his uniform is underneath. You mean his painted on latex uniform? Yes, his spandex. He just dips himself in latex paint. I like how he's, uh, of course, you were talking about perspective. That perspective is from the sun. Right. Shining, you know, to his front. And it kind of starts to get brighter, like bright enough that Wolverine kind of has to squint and open his eyes to see what's going on. I like how he grits his teeth. Yeah. When the panel moves, we see him blink. That's pretty cool. And the sun continues to get brighter, and Wolverine puts his hand in front of his face. And the sun continues to get... I actually really like this panel here. It, it kind of looks very, like a, a, a star exploding, like a supernova yeah. almost. It's very... Uh, it's artistic and beautiful in and of yeah. itself. And just the colors and kind of the wash into the middle of it where it kind of whites out. And just the white hot heat. Looks pretty cool. And also the little... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The sun flares? Well, the sun flares are awesome. But one of the things I want to point out is someone's talking. But yeah, Wolverine's talking. No, I, I'm sorry. Wolverine's not talking. I was going to say, he's not talking. That's our other uh, character that's going to show up here in a second. But I love how it's red and yellow. Yes. So it shows that it's not Wolverine. In it's, fact, Osin Ono's was pink when to match she her was. Colors. Yeah. So a savvy reader might look at this dialogue box and have an idea of who's coming. We're in Japan. It's red and yellow lettering. I'm lost. Maybe it's Sunfire. Yeah, I was one like, of my least favorite X Men ever. <laughs> I when this guy showed up, I was like, "What the hell's the Power Ranger doing here?" <laughs> Well, he actually looks less like a goldfish than he usually does. Okay. So I give Paco Diaz credit for that. He usually either looks like a, a giant goldfish or a red merman from He-Man. Okay. But now he just looks like he has a weird helmet. No, now he looks like a Power Ranger. Or that too. But I got to say also to give Diaz credit, this is one of the coolest renditions of Sunfire's power that I've ever seen. I, like visually, it just it looks about, if not the coolest, and at least as cool as anybody else has ever drawn it. Like Diaz is is amazing with Sunfire. I'm not from this is the first time I've ever seen this Lucky character. Lucky you. And so, yes, I thought it was cool the way it was interpreted. He looks awesome. I mean, the suit's silly, but his power looks awesome. Yeah. In fact, he does a little trick throughout the book that I'll call attention to later. That you may or may not have picked up on. You probably did. So we see that Sunfire has come to take Logan in. They greet each other. And then Sunfire lands and says, you know why I'm here. I have no choice, Logan. And so this is what I was talking about. So as we change panels, he's got these little like 
sun sparks shooting off of his body. Right. And as the panel shift, the sparks like float around and change patterns. It's really cool. Oh, that is cool. Like he's actually embering. Yeah, like he's sparking as we speak. It's nice. And Wolverine, of course, is like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're just doing your duty. He doesn't really even feel bad. He goes, I know that if I resist you, I'm an outlaw. And we have Sunfire uh, in his dialogue, by the way. It's talking about how he used to be the great Japan's greatest hero. Of course, he was their first hero in the Marvel Universe. Their did, first superhero. Did he fall out of favor or something? Well, yeah, it talks about how, because he was taken over and made a horseman in, of the apocalypse, one of the four horsemen. Okay. So he betrayed not only his country, but all mutants and even really Earth. So he's kind of talking about how he's having his chance at redemption now, being an X-Men, and now he's also currently an Avenger, and he's actually on the same Avenger team that Wolverine is on. So they're currently teammates. Okay. And his cat, Wolverine's cow, is still Still on the, the ground. ground. I didn't notice, I noticed the last issue where his shirt was ripped. Here we also see rips in his jeans. Yeah. Nice touch. Yeah, the type, Wolverine says he'll be an outlaw. The type of man who's got to turn his back on the people he loves just to survive. I had an issue. But if I turn myself in, Sabretooth wins. Don't his arms look abnormally long? Yes, Wolverine's arms are usually a little bit long, but they're they're kind of gorilla-ish in this panel. Yeah. Which some people draw them that way. Uh, Joe Mad from Savage Wolverine kind of draws them that way, yeah. too. But he says, but if I turn myself in, Sabretooth wins. And this whole time, Sunfire's just sparking. It's it looks awesome. really cool from panel to panel. looks great. He said, and Wolverine continues talking to Sunfire. I He's, bet that guy's never cold in a restaurant. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably doesn't have to take a hoodie anywhere. Like me? Yeah. But he says, Wolverine says, the, the Japan I love will die. And he puts his cowl on. He says, so do what you got to do, bub. Which I thought was really cool. But he pops his claws and says, but I ain't going to be stopped. And we get a great ass shot of Sunfire. <laughs> Close up of his. So, what do you think, Denise? Is his uh, his ass pretty beefy? No. You want you some sushi? No. <laughs> no, I don't like sushi. Oh, that's true. Okay, so this his hot ass literally isn't doing anything for you. Yeah, his All hot right. ass. No, no, no. His hot ass hot. is doing nothing for me. For those of you at home, I just went my finger and touched my skin and it sizzled. Yeah, I'm sure your listeners are probably hating the extra, like, sound, sound effects, effects we've been fo- adding. The Foley work I've been doing this episode. Yes. <laughs> All right, so then we switch to the train. And we see Osa and Ono being, like, just the rush of air from the uh, new sunroof that the Silver Samurai gave the speeding train. And uh, Silver Samurai kind of mocks her. But then he tries to, like, make a sales pitch to her. He kind of flirts. Yeah, a little bit. He floats down, takes his helmet off, talks about how he has a thing for hot librarians, which, you know, most guys do. Um, what? We've talked about this before. Yes, you've called me a hot librarian before. <laughs> yes, I have. When you wear your thick frame glasses. Yes, and I put my hair up on, in yes. my double pony. Daddy likes. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> he basically says, why are we fighting? And he pulls out. He floats down. He's all like dapper and handsome, his hair blowing in the wind. He says, okay, yeah, raising your temple was admittedly not the smoothest move. Well, unless you're in fourth grade and you're chasing girls around the playground. And yanking on their pink pink tails. (laughs) But hey, look at the omelet we've made. 
and the motion his head moves up. He says, you've proven yourself a real ninja, the kind built to hunt and kill men like Wolverine. He's basically saying, you know what, maybe not ideal circumstances, but because of me, now you and me and everybody else know you're not just a book. You're a ninja warrior, so you're welcome. <laughs> but then he lights up his sword as the Han starts to get up. He goes, yeah, whatever, you know. You either get it or you don't. But that's all the sales pitch you're going to get from me. It's your move now. And she closes her eyes and he kind of smirks. And then she in her mind's eyes sees the last words of her sister from her sisterhood in the temple that says, protect the book in her dying breath. And Han opens her eyes and she sees the smug look of the silver samurai. And she, in a very acrobatic feat, jumps from a sitting position and gives the silver samurai a flying kick to the face. This panel's awesome. It is awesome. It's blurry in the right places to give you your action. But somehow when she jumps up, the air like sucks her out of the hole in the roof. Uh, Okay, so this part I thought was hokey. It's physically a little bit questionable. You know, I don't really know. I don't know enough about the physics of this. Because it would pull out like a hole in a plane. Yeah, but, but she'd have to be point. like right up on it. I don't yeah. know if just jumping at the Silver Samurai would knock her out. But it might. I really honestly don't know. Yeah. I, I, I had a hard time with that one. But this one's weird because this time when you move forward, the panel slides down. So we get the sense of her falling upward. Falling, I thought yeah. that was actually pretty cool. That was actually pretty brilliant. And, uh, but she grabs onto the train and she's hanging on. Just barely, you see your fingers inching off, about to let go. And uh-oh, remember, there's other ninjas on top, and they light up their bug zapper light swords. And this panel is pretty cool, too, and the ninja, like, about to strike. The scenery speeding by behind him. Then we get a whoosh. I love the uh, question mark and the exclamation point, like, what the freak? So the ninja's confused at something that just flew by his head and a nice fire trail. And then Sunfire, we see his silhouette, he drops off Wolverine. Now I'm a little confused how Wolverine is able to stick his landing here. Did that bother you at all? Because it kind of bothered me a little bit. Yeah. Because he doesn't have Robo Ninja magnet boots. No, in fact, that's how he fell off the train the first time. The first time, time yeah. Because he had to hold on to the boots and he cut the guy's legs off. Yep. How and he, and he lands on the clank, which makes me feel like, I don't know, he went and borrowed some Magneto stuff or something. I don't know. It's just they the sound effect CBS is weird. on the way to yeah. the train. <laughs> Bought some super magnets. Yeah. Regardless, he's able to stick, and we get our first snicked as he stabs the ninja through the chest again. He which, loves. His claws aren't long enough. No, they're too long. His his left hand claws are much longer than his right hand claws. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, it's a cool visual effect to see them come out the other side. I do like this next panel where Silver Samurai's front of his mask is yellow. Yes. It's almost like the reflection of Wolverine's uniform. I, either that or the reflection of Sunfire coming back oh, in. Oh, yeah. I'm not I sure. I didn't think about that. But again, we have behind him a red, red background denoting anger and action. I love how he calls Wolverine a hairy human hemorrhoid. <laughs> that cracked me up. Oh, that was really funny. But yeah. as we said, uh, Sunfire crashes into Silver Samurai. And I like kind of the sonic boom of flame you get on the yes. impact. Like, 
Like he puts off like a ring, ring of fire when he hits him. Yeah. Down, down, down in a burning ring of fire. But he takes Silver Samurai up into the air, calls him his nerdy little cousin, the hipster supervillain. How embarrassingly predictable. And of course, this this is uh, Sunfire's old personality coming through. He's kind of a dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just FYI. Again, I um, know nothing of this character. Yeah. But, um... Silver Samurai's like, what are you doing? Wolverine is an enemy of the state. And Sunfire's like, listen to you. You're pathetic. <laughs> now, wait a minute. This actually kind of... So, when I read this, one of the things I started to realize is I don't think Silver Samurai realizes what's going on. You don't think so? Well, because he says Wolverine's an enemy of the state. Right. He's but surprised... He's the one setting... Or the... People are setting him up. Yes. So it's kind of like, why are you helping this person? Right, because Sunfire is work. I mean, he's protecting the Japanese government. It should be... Because remember, he went to take Wolverine in. Right. And somewhere off panel, he understood what Wolverine was doing, or he trusted him as a teammate and gave him the benefit of a doubt, decided to help him. But his role, his assignment, was to arrest Wolverine. I think Silver Samurai is just trying to make him question... Okay. Why he's helping the outlaw to the state. Okay. Like basically, you work for the government. Wolverine's wanted by the government. You should be helping me, not him. Gotcha. I like this panel a lot. They come face to face, though. He starts to look a little fishy again. Yeah. Though actually, you know, it's more like a dragon. Kind of. So that's actually cooler. <laughs> he's like a dragon-fish hybrid. Yeah. He actually kind of reminds me of the way... Old Japanese art would draw goldfish. Right. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. So basically he talks about uh, Sunfire and kind of rubs it in that Silver Samurai, actually like what he says here, he says, a child clownishly stomping around in his father's slippers. Nice. That was pretty cool. Kind of a Japanese way to say like walking in my shoes, you know, like, or you know, like, like, like when a little kid? girl tries on her mom's high yeah, heels. Yeah, there's a picture of me my dad has when I'm like in a diaper and his big cowboy boots. Right. And I, was, I just kind of stomp around and I thought I was really cool being my dad. Yeah. So, but, you know, in Japan you wear a lot of slippers and stuff. So he's kind of, I, I thought it was cool. It kind yeah. of fit the scene, but the expression made sense. And of course, uh, Silver Samurai calls him a pious mutant. Beep. What do you know? Everything you have was given to you. Like you basically like your powers were an accident, you're a mutant. Right. You didn't earn your power. And he basically says, I figured you'd turn on us and join sides of the Logan. And so he takes his sword out and cuts Sunfire. Ouch. And I like this they look pretty high up in the air. Well, you have a nice little arc to the land down below. Yeah. And then the motion of the sword. And Sunfire's, like, shocked that that sword was able to cut him. And, but he's in his, like, me? Then he goes, you want the wrath of Sunfire? You got it. And he starts to make a giant fireball. This panel looks really cool. It does look really cool. I wouldn't want to be in the middle of it. Right. And this this panel of Sunfire flying, it's, I just say again, comment again, Diaz's Sunfire is the most visually compelling Sunfire I've ever read. I just, I like it a lot. And he goes, I'm Japan's greatest hero. And he starts to fly back towards Silver Samurai. And actually, no, I guess he's leaving because he's going to pick up Osun and Wolverine 
and he does. Wolverine grabs on, and Silver Samurai follows. I don't think Sunfire expected for Wolver- uh, Silver Samurai to be so fast. Because he's kind of like, oh, we got this Wolverine, but Silver Samurai's right on his tail. And he turns his light sword into a light whip. I like how they're flying above, the train's over a bridge, and they're flying over a river, and I like, like, the waves they're making, like, they're going so fast. Right. Even though they're flying, like, they're, cu- they're disrupting the water. Oh, it's pretty cool. But we see he light whips, Silver Samurai does, light whips Sunfire around the neck. And this panel, almost, you can almost see him, like, jerk into a stop. Yeah. Which looks really cool. And Sunfire is trying to escape, so he boosts up his energy. And we see Wolverine's, like, glove start to burn off, and his, his skin starting to bubble up. Like, he doesn't know how much longer he can hold on. Wolverine basically has to let go, and Sunfire's like, Logan! I like how in their water reflected, you can't tell if that's the sun or Sunfire's fire. I think it's Sunfire's fire. Well, I did too at first, but then I was looking back, because this one, it looks like the oh, sun. But yeah. I can't, I don't know, I can't really tell. Either way, it looks pretty cool. The coloring's really nice. So good job to Israel Silva on the colors there. I like how as the panel moves, we see Wolverine fall and then splash into the water. Well, and the waves move too. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Really good motion in this one again. And so Sunfire gets really P.O. and he says, So, it's the atomic fury of Sunfire you seek. Well then, my foolish cousin, you shall have it. And he just goes nuclear and blows up. And this time, that's definitely the fireball reflecting on the water. We get a nice little impact wave. On the surface of the river, it looks really cool. Uh, the edges of the screen are blurry again. Yeah, it's almost like an atom bomb. Right, yeah, it looks really cool. Then everything goes black. Yes, and I like a dumbass. <sighs> Did you throw your iPod again? No, I actually, like, I kept tapping the center of it because I thought it went to sleep. But if you tap the center, nothing moves except for your screen pops up like your right. Your header. And that's when I realized I was a dumbass. Right. Anyway, we see Sunfire wake up, and there's Japanese soldiers, and they've come to arrest him for aiding the fugitive Wolverine to be continued. And how do they know? Because these are obviously Japanese government, right? They sent Sunfire to get Wolverine. I'm sure they were monitoring the situation. Uh Uh-huh. Big brother. Yeah. But Sunfire doesn't look like he's going to put up a fight. No, he's he can not, easily just burn them all. He's not glowing anymore. Puts his, he puts his hands up, and that's it. So, I gotta say, not only was this visually the most compelling Sunfire, I actually didn't hate him in this issue. I normally don't like him at all. He, in history, is a horrible combination of whiny, arrogant, <laughs> and just an a-hole. And there was a little bit of that when he was talking to Silver Samurai, but really none of that when he was talking to Wolverine. Right. It and was his inner like dialogue was... at the front almost looked like the characters matured a little bit. Which Right. Well, and I think when he was talking to Silver Samurai, it, you kind of got the sense of like, you punk kid, you piss right. me off. <laughs> right. Well, and kind of like, no matter how mature you are, you, when you start fighting with your siblings, you always regress. Yeah. Or, you know, even extended family, I guess, in some situations. But I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see if this is just the way Jason and Jason chose to wrote Sunfire. Or if we'll actually kind of see this from his character moving forward. Because, I mean, he's been around late 60s, early 70s. I don't know. He was completely new to me. Right. 
we showed up in X-Men before, like in that first series, before the giant size. And then he showed up back up in giant size, which was 75. So I want to say like 69 maybe was his first appearance. Somewhere there I could want to Wikipedia that out on my phone. But regardless, and part of it's not really Marvel's fault because he doesn't show up very often. He'll like show up for a few issues like every three or four years. So it's hard for a character to progress when you're not in the comics very much. But for whatever reason, like he's never really grown up. And so it was cool to see him actually having a little bit of progression in his character. So hopefully that'll stick around. Maybe, just maybe, I'll probably never love the character, but maybe I can at least tolerate him. His first appearance was in Uncanny X-Men number 64, which debuted January 1970. 70, okay. So that was pretty close. It was created by Roy Thomas and Don Heck. Cool. Well, thank you for looking that up. No problem. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so having never seen Sunfire before, what did you think of the character overall? This being your first blush. First blush, I thought the character was pretty cool. There was obviously a history there that I didn't know a whole lot about. Right. So I didn't know if in the first, you know, the first panel or two, was I going to learn more about him by the end of the Digicom? Right. Or was this sort of all the background information I was going to get? I do think, I feel like they've done pretty good at giving us just enough. I, yeah. I think maybe just not having explained their whole history, but maybe at least alluding to the fact that they're both on the Avengers same team right now. Yeah. Would at least kind of let you know that Sunfire has a really good reason Currently, not counting the rest of their history as the X-Men. Right. And the, the just right now, he has a reason to trust Wolverine and to at least hear him out. Well, and it's I, I kind of felt like he was kind of like, hey, I'm going to bring you in, but I kind of know what you're going through. And so, you know, kind of like once an Avenger, always an Avenger, we stick together. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, you're, you're totally right. Okay, so um, what did you think? Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we kind of start to talk about our feelings about the issue? I think we should move on to feelings. <laughs> move into the girl. We need to talk Let's about Let's talk feelings. about our feelings. Yes, we need to talk about feelings. <laughs> okay, so what were your feelings then? And I'm listening attentively. You better be. <laughs> um. So I was a hair disappointed. This was the one. I called it six you or seven that you would find one you didn't like as much. You did call it. In fact, it was funny because when I read it, I went, damn. <laughs> I, not that I was a hundred, I mean, not like, man, this was awful. Let's just flush this one down the toilet. Right. It wasn't like that. It was just sort of like, eh. Okay. I just, there were so many little things things that I thought were flaws that I just felt like I couldn't I saw it and then couldn't get it out of my head so then every time well okay like her getting sucked out of the car that that one was a little hard to to well what cracks me up is she gets sucked out of the train and she's holding on for dear life but then the minute Wolverine comes who magically can stand up that part bothered me yes at one point he puts his claws, it's really tiny on a panel. You can see that it looks like he's put his claws to hold, to hold Does himself he when he in. lands? No, it's So there's no claws out when he there's lands. There's no claws out when he lands. 
Okay. The only thing that I can say is holding him down on the panel where he stabs the guy is the guy. The guy still has his magnet boots. Right. right. Okay. But the girls, I mean, her legs are flailing. She's yeah. about to fly right here. Okay. So in the panel where it's kind of looking down, he's okay. got. He does have his claws in the roof. Right. But she's only holding on to him with one hand. Not only that, but it looks like he's sliding. Because right. there's claw marks coming out from where they were to where they are but, now. And her hair is completely flailing behind her. But in right. the very next panel, he's not hooked into the train anymore. And yeah. the well, wind's not really blowing. <laughs> and that's so, true. Yeah. And the train stopped? No, because no, the trees going. are still going. But her hair is just like, oh, whew, let's take yeah. a break. Yeah, and she's you're only right. holding on with one hand. Yeah, the whole as awesome as the train was in the last issue, the whole train part of this issue was not. It got hokey. Yeah, and not definitely not as believable. Yeah, and I think that was my problem was the whole train thing just bugged me, and I could not get it out of my head. And so when I got done, I just kind of went, and then I was over it. Right. And so, am I excited about next week? Yeah, but am I as well, excited yeah, as Wolverine and the girl are drowning in the river? Yeah, and he's afraid of water. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's just this one just kind of left me meh. Okay. So when are you when are you gonna grade it? So for the first time since we started, we now we, remember both of us. The podcast has unanimous. The unanimously. podcast has unanimously granted the first six parts a double dose of three out of three claws yes this one's only getting two the streak ends too okay so denise gives wolverine colon japan's most wanted chapter seven the burning truth two out of three claws sorry that's okay you know i was all set to give it three claws and still we started talking about the train yeah and because so much of it happens on the roof of the train and Wolverine should be back on the ground again like he was at the end of last issue. Yeah. I really, really like the interaction between Sunfire and Wolverine. I yeah, I like, I like that how too. Wolverine actually like his hand gets burnt right. and falls off. That part's really cool. I like uh the familial confrontation between Sunfire and Silver Samurai. Again, the art just top notch. Colors top notch. Yeah. I had no issues with the art. Yeah, really, really the train thing, pretty cheesy Yeah. now. And it was so cool last issue. Well, but and quite honestly, had they just, you know, he taken her out of the train and they had this confrontation on the side of the tracks. Right. Like if, Silver, if uh, Sunfire had removed them from the train and then like Silver Samurai jumps off and then Sunfire crashes into him, takes them in the sky, they have their little fight. Sunfire flies back down and still picks up right. Wolverine and Osin Ono for a quick aerial escape. Then we pick up right where we went and the story continues as it was from there. Much better, I yeah. think. And also, I think it would have been cooler and even shown more of Silver Samurai's character because he was all coming on to Osin Ono. Yes. And then she kicks him. But Silver Samurai's kind of a brat. Right. It's kind of impetuous. It would have made him look brattier if after he got kicked... He, like, grabbed Osin and, like, even though he was trying to capture her, like, just impulse through a fit and threw her out the roof. Oh, yeah. Even if he was like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. I got to take her back to Sabretooth. Right. Like, 
just the impulse of him being just a brash, annoying punk kid, like right. Sunfire talks about, if he had grabbed her and thrown her out, those two changes make this, this chapter as awesome as the rest of the story, I think. Yeah. So is the train stuff enough for me to lose a whole claw? Yeah, but barely. So I'm going to give it a strong two out of three claws, kind of on the line. But I will also drop it to two, two out of three claws. But, I mean, I don't feel like it hurts the overall story. I'm still super excited about the whole arc. This just wasn't the best chapter. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still digging. But even the story beats I like. Yeah, and I still dig, like, the how the panels interact with the viewer and how the yes. art, you know, like, one thing will change on it. And so that I'm completely still enthralled with. I'm still impressed with that how right. they're doing it and yeah the art on this one the was production awesome. of the whole thing is really yeah good. it's just the train got hokey <laughs> and that to me was just enough to go eh. right yeah all right i didn't really think about it till we started examining it together but i i agree and you were right number seven right in the <laughs> middle i thought it would be six or seven that's I usually, thought it was that's usually where like, it dips I, I I was hoping for like eight or nine. That's too close to the end. That's I know. We're getting to the penultimate of the story there. So all right, cool. So to summarize, we both give Wolverine Colon. Japan's most wanted chapter seven, two out of three claws. Alright, so that's gonna do it for this episode. Next up will be if all goes according to plan, the next flashback episode, which Conveniently enough is Wolverine's first trip to Japan and another nice. a certain Japanese superhero may also show himself in those issues. Nice. So talk about impeccable timing. You but, did um, this on purpose. I really did it. But yeah, so that'll be next. Then of course we'll keep going with the weekly uh, digital Wolverine episodes. Snack it. Snack it good. <laughs> but um, Alright, so remember of course... You can leave an iTunes review. That'll help out the show. Oh, and I just, you know, happened to be looking over my stats today. In the last week, and this may have happened before because I only looked at the last seven days, but the podcast has gone international. Really? Yeah. Had iTunes feeds and downloads from the website for Great Britain, which I think I know who that might be. But feel free to speak up if you want to. Uh, what else? Uh, Denmark and France. Nice. So, you know, you know. Actually, I would encourage. Oh, I would like to hear from our overseas listeners. So, for sure, like the Facebook page or send in an email and just, you know, brag about where you're from. <laughs> nice. Because that's cool to me. Because I've never been overseas, and I hope hope to someday. But we it, got it on our cool. list. Yeah, it is on the bucket list. But um, it'd be cool to have some conversation with some some fans, have a connection there. So, if you feel at all inclined i'd like to hear from you and anybody else can also like the facebook page you can search for the podcast and go snicked on facebook or the url is facebook.com slash snit podcast fan page email is snickcast and yahoo.com twitter is at snickcast and what else that's it that's it okay well until next time hugs and snicks bye, bye.